Attention men, are you wanting to break free from porn or other unwanted sexual behaviors, but finding it seemingly impossible to quit? If so, we can help. My name is Jonathan Darty, the founder of Gateway to Freedom. This three-day workshop is for any man who wants to overcome any kind of unwanted sexual behavior. So whether you're married, single, or divorced, this powerful and proven intensive weekend will help you uncover what is at the root of your struggle and discover the man God always created you to be. Space is limited, so call us today at 210-822-8201 to register. That's 210-822-8201 or visit bebroken.org slash gtf. Good day, listeners and viewers. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio Program. We're glad to have you here with us. My name is Jonathan, and I've got my buddy Stephen Cervantes here. And so, Stephen, how are you doing today? I am blessed and glad to be here. Awesome. Summer's going well, and hope yours is too. Yeah, well, uh, a couple of things before we get started. Um, we actually had a neat... Uh, message that was sent to us by a couple in yeah, Birmingham who actually said that we know your pod- name but we don't mention we don't, names. we don't mention names but I think this couple from Birmingham will know who they are we we got a neat little message from them that said that our podcast actually made as they put it the top three best recovery resources for them in their in their marriage and in their their life you're so- looking at top three top three producers uh, <laughs> You know, spokesman, recovery, inside growth, the top three. Uh, so, thank you for Birmingham for, for rating us that way. Yeah, so shout out to Birmingham, Alabama. There and, you go. And uh, we're grateful for that, and we, we love getting notes like and that. And glory to God, but we can still smile and puff up a little bit and feel like we're doing something useful. Amen. And just so you know, listeners, um, we are a listener-supported program, so... The way you are hearing us or seeing us is because we've just had incredible supporters come alongside and partner with us. Um, you can learn more about how to give to this ministry at puresexradio.com and click on the donate link. Also, uh, we would really love it if after listening to the program, you would rate and review the podcast. That is yes. the the easiest you know way to kind of pay it forward and let people make it uh, easier to find our program when they're looking for this kind of a resource. So, Stephen, um, you're not going to make any mention of my facial hair at all. <laughs> for, for viewers, I've there got a different go. look. He uh, does. He, I, I went he on rented a, this beard, I think. Yeah. Oh, no, no. That's the real thing. I was very uh, blessed and fortunate this summer to be able to take an extended sabbatical, uh, which has been unusual. I've been doing this. Yeah. Worked for 18 years, and I'd never gotten an extended sabbatical. So it was really a gift from my board, and the staff did a wonderful job while I was away. But part of it was I said, you know what, I'm going to take a sabbatical for my face, too. Yeah, and uh, great. Really, we're I, the same age, but look what the sabbatical <laughs> did for him. I'm thinking about going on a sabbatical. That's funny. Yeah, I decided that the sabbatical for my face is going to continue. <laughs> no more no more shaving for a while. But all, all right. right, we digress. What Back do we got? To work. What do we What do we got today, Stephen? I am the emotional mapping guru. I keep trying to figure out. In fact, this thought just crossed my my mind. Can I map even myself out or map you out? It seems so overwhelming. We talk about emotions, 
It just seems like, oh, no, there's just too big a topic. And yet I think, you know, God is a God of order. And we're all made certain ways. And we're very predictable. Mm-hmm. And we're very consistent. You've heard me say this before. We're very repetitive. And if you look, you can really map yourself out. But I'm in the developing strategy of how to do it. So I'm, I'm reading stories and talking to men and picking up pieces of information And the gateway man, thank you guys. You're so, every man I've ever asked, can I share some of your story? That man said, yes, Mm -hmm. if it'll bless my brother, share my story. So we never tell one story, merge the stories, and we try to to have a big dialogue. But because we believe that God, our God is a God of order, that if we look at the stories, we can find pieces that make sense. So it's just a life, but... But I guess I'd want you to think about yourself as we read these pieces and see how much of them sort of map you out. Because if we know ourselves, we can be at peace. We don't have to be troubled or anxious or fearful. And I think it's just important to say at this point, before we even get into some of the details of this this story and kind of a larger story, is that I think some people out there just need to be encouraged that you're that you are knowable. Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes in our brokenness and the way things have gotten twisted and distorted in our lives and the, the traumas we've experienced, the wounds we carry, you know, all those types of things, the stuntedness that's been part of our development, you can kind of reach a point where you almost lose hope. Like, I'm I'm so broken. I'm so, you know, out of Not sorts. Not fixable. That it's almost like yeah. even just diagnosing my issues can't be done. And so I love the fact that you use that word of mapping. It's Mm. like, you know, if you think about what mapping is, it's about taking multiple points or even you could call them pixels, right? And then saying, as we connect all of these points, you start to get a picture. You start to get some, some bearings of what's actually, what do you, what are you actually looking at? And I love the fact that if we, Hey, if we can start with one point, we can look at another point and yes. start putting these things together. So, and, and the other thing is add your sexuality and the confusion of that on top of your emotional system. Mm-hmm. That, it's amazing, right? People, and, and you see guys who recover for years, and they're just trying to set boundaries and do accountability. And they're in years, but they don't get the emotional growth, right? Yeah. And so <clears throat> all the first-run stuff of a boundaries, accountability group, all that's great stuff. But after a while, you have to go dig deep. And so that's why we try to tell the deeper stories of the deeper battles that we face. So this guy says, I was raised in a rough neighborhood. And we all have a sense of what that is, where it's when it gets dark, it's a little scary. And he says, the boys in my neighborhood were rough kids and they would beat you up if they thought you were a sissy. If, I mean, that's like the scariest thing for a boy to be called. You sissy, you weenie, you're not a man, mm-hmm. you loser, right? Because if weakness falls on you, then the the group, you know, can prey on you. <clears throat> Any thoughts? Yeah, well, just that group dynamics is so powerful anyway, right? I mean, uh, especially when, I mean, think about when you're a kid, mm. The, the thing you've almost longed for more than anything is like to be part of a group, like to be on the inside, to belong, right? <laughs> right. And you don't want to show anything that could possibly get you to be put on the outside or certainly not to be the one that's 
everybody else is against, you know. So I have this story just popped in my head. When I was in school, there was a couple of brothers, and they were rough kids. And I mean, if you cross paths with them, you you, you know, there's going to be a tussle here, you know. And I'm kind of a small guy and not sure of myself growing up. You know how that goes. And the hardened kids are pretty hardened. I thought, how am I going to make it? And there was this other kid that he failed two or three years. He was the oldest kid. We were 10. He was 14 in our class. You wow. know, and he was a big guy. His name is Richard. So I said, I'll just be Richard's friend. <laughs> and, and so if the, if the thugs want to bother me, I'll just say, you know, I know Richard. Okay. He go. will pound you into the ground. Yeah. But it's like, what was your strategy? You know, every kid had to have a strategy. How am I going to survive growing mm-hmm. up? It's rough. Yeah. Anything thought, any thoughts in your mind? Well, that gets that gets to, I mean, we've talked in other podcasts and we talk about it at the workshop, some about how you adopt a role, yes. right? And so some people end up becoming the clown or some people become the yeah. hero. Some people become, uh, you know, you, we've talked about the lost boy, right? That just right. doesn't say anything, just stay quiet, just stay lost. You, and so I think that's where a lot of those roles get adopted, is in those group dynamics of, I want to belong, and if I do the wrong thing here, I'm going to be out. And in some of these neighborhoods, I'm going to survive. Exactly. Right? So he says, my home was not emotional. Uh, So that means poor emotional training. And and emotions were actually not a good thing. You You know, sometimes in an alcoholic family, they'll say, don't talk. Don't think, don't feel, don't want, don't need, because I don't care about any of that. Mm -hmm. And that's all emotional stuff. You know, don't tell me what's going on with you, because I'm I'm hanging on to my own life by a thread. Why? Just keep it all to yourself. So the the emotional health growing up is related to the adults and their language and, and the ability to go back and forth and express words. So he says because it was so difficult. And there was no emotional growth. He said, I, I just decided to become a loner. Mm. I'll just survive alone. Yeah. Well, we know that um, that's a solution, right? Right. I mean, I, again, I think uh, our basic instinct is survival. Mm. And I think, and, and t- correct me if I'm wrong here, but I don't think that's merely something that is an instinct of ours related only to our physical state, right? Keep going. In other words, the instinct to survive is just like, hey, don't, don't, you know, step out in front of a bus or don't, you know, jump off a cliff or don't. I think because we are also made as emotional beings, made to, to connect and be relational, we have almost a survival instinct there as well, right? Which is saying, in order for me to, you know, survive as a as a person in this family or in this neighborhood or Mm. in this community yeah i've even got to have that survival instinct apply to my emotional and what what his solution was was for me to survive in this community it's better that i'm i'm not connected too closely to anyone yeah i mean It's and a, just pull back and survive. It's a poor solution, right? But it's still a right. solution of that. This is my best thinking in terms of how I think I can survive. Do it alone. So so you have to figure out what you can do and how to fit in. And you alluded to roles and, and surviving. Um, he said, I needed a way to feel loved. You know, and I've been thinking about this. We, we all want to be loved. 
And we all want to belong somewhere. Mm-hmm. Right? Because if, if you're loved by another person, that's nice. But if you have a little group of people where you can go and participate, ah, that just makes life good. Yeah. So he said, I decided I would be good at two roles. I'd be really good at being a religious person. And he explains why in a minute. And he said, I would also get really good at getting the attention of girls. Mm-hmm. Smile at them, talk to them, you know, lift them up, encourage them, be kind. Because remember, the guys are mean. So where does this guy go? Girls, you know, that smile yeah. and laugh at your jokes and, and you know, like the attention of men. And, and even though these are boys, every who, you know, you talk to another human being, they tend to light up. Mm-hmm. Well, if the guys aren't going to beat you up, then you go to the girls that light up. You know, it sort of makes sense. And, and go to church. Yeah. Uh, you sure this is not my story? <laughs> I mean, because those are my solutions, too. Oh. You know, build this really strong image uh. of the good Christian guy mm. and be the really warm, inviting, nice guy for the uh, girls. Oh. And so it was that was a, a comfortable place to live. Now, mm. it, it what that unfortunately meant, and I think this is what even this guy experienced, is you really don't learn how to make strong friendships with other men or other right. boys. Right. So you it's almost like a whole part of your experience of life that's really necessary and important. I think we are meant to have strong same-sex friendships and things like that. Yeah, It's like that whole part of <clears throat> his life is now empty, which is, I think, a little bit of where some of the emotional stuntedness will end up going is like, listen, if you're a loner and your solution is be super religious and, you know, get, gain the attention of girls <laughs> – uh, you're going to, there's going to be a shallow outcome. Right. And now a place emotions. to belong. And if a girl responds, you feel loved, right? Yeah. You find love and belonging, right? That's pretty good. So this guy was smart when he discovered church because he said being religious meant you could interact and get the respect of adults. Mm. So maybe you couldn't get the respect of your peers. But you go to church and you look like a church guy and you do Christian stuff and and you use the language and, oh, look how special little Johnny is, you know. Mm-hmm. And he said, and also they had great potluck dinners. Of course, free food, Sometimes right? food was was uh, cold or, or weak at our house, but we knew on Sundays there were lots of potluck dinners and uh so he said, I worked really hard to find church answers. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you know, my joke is if you go to church and they um, they say this thing is it's got a big tail and it likes nuts and it has front teeth, what is it? You raise your hand and say, Jesus, because everything at church is Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> you don't say a squirrel. <laughs> you know, all the answers are love Jesus, right? So, okay, that's my dumb joke. But, but you know, you can see a kid that would just learn to say the right things. Exactly, you know? yeah. And he said, I had a place to belong at this church. It gave me a place where the world was not safe. I could go over here, be around these adults. And I learned, and I grew in my faith, and I, I want to be a Christian. I am a Christian. 
But this other side also developed. Mm -hmm. What are you thinking? Yeah, we talk about this a lot in the in the workshop too about that image building, mm. right? Uh, you know, when when the realities of our self are scary, mm -hmm. like we don't know what to do about it. You know, he's 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 in this neighborhood where he doesn't feel that safe. He's right. he doesn't necessarily know how to um, you know connect. So therefore, his his default is be a loner. I don't you know and and try to find you know, girls that are like me, you start to realize there's certain things about yourself you don't want to put on the front page, so to speak, even with other people. Like, so it's like, okay, I don't like the fears that I have, uh, the insecurities. Right. And so I need to present an image that says, I'll just say Jesus. <laughs> To every question that's, that's out there, right? That's it. And in some ways, you uh, do that long enough, and you know what? People won't start won't ask ask you any deeper questions. Uh, they won't probe. They won't because it's like, oh, that's the Jesus guy over there. Mm, you know what I mean? So in yeah. some ways, and you fit in real well with a little group. Yeah. Well, and of the Jesus people, but then there's this other crowd. That, and and what I would say, almost as a little sidebar to that, is this is a sad commentary on a lot of churches uh, that were just fine with the Jesus answer. And the, you know. In other words, instead of probing and saying, no, do you realize I was describing a squirrel? Let's yeah. be honest here. <laughs> Let's not pre pretend <laughs> that everything's just an easy little pat answer. Yeah. And so in some ways, I think a lot of our churches have, have aided mm. in these false image or these the, the image building, you know, of wanting people to be what they just, want them to be. I don't want to see your ugliness. Just yeah. tell me Jesus. Just tell me Jesus. You know. So he now remember this is a kid who's setting up his emotional program, and I was listening to an author, and she said sometimes we really have to go back and think about the the times in our lives that we're very emotionally charged. Those always have a takeaway mm -hmm. and a message and a meaning. And so we're just slowing down and thinking about our youth, inviting you to look at your youth, your start of your emotional program. Because look how, how early this gets set up in a kid's life. I'm going to be a loner. I'm going to stay away from the boys. I'm going to hang out with the girls. And let's, let's be clear here, too. We only gain this kind of language in hindsight. Mm. It wasn't as if... When he was six, he said consciously to himself, I'm going to be a loner. Right. And then when he was 12, said, I'm not going to connect with the boys. I'm going to connect with the girls. Or You know what I mean? It's like these things are not necessarily consciously happening when you're establishing that framework, right? Right. But you, Even do, though, know, as you, but you do know, I like this. Oh, I don't like that. Right. Oh, I'll do more of this. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You... You know those things, but you can't articulate them. Yeah, yeah, and they're not like in the front part where you can explain great detail. You just know in your being, oh, this is comfortable. I'm going to go there. Well, and I just wanted to say that because I don't want any of our audience to think, you know, shame on you if you didn't consciously, weren't consciously aware of this as you were growing up. It's like, no, we, none of us, right. you know, as I'm seeing this, I'm, say, I'm, seeing a, I'm seeing a boy here in this story that is doing what all boys do, what all right. children do, which is whatever the next step is, I want to I try to make it the path of least resistance. 
Yeah. In other words, I want to take a next step that that isn't going to embarrass me or hurt me or make me look stupid. So that means, oh, that she smiled at me. I'm going to go over there. Right. You know, that guy was growling at me over here. <laughs> I want to go over here to this girl that's smiling at me. So he says relationships with boys was difficult. You know, and there's like the regular guys. I don't know if we could break them into three classes of of soft guys and regular guys and hard guys or something, right? There's always a third of the guys that are too hard, too mean, too crusty, too rude. And I was watching this movie. Oh, it's Gran Torino. And there's a scene in there where he goes and gets his hair cut. And he, they're just like pushing every, each other's buttons, calling each other names. And he tells the young kid in the story, this is how men talk. And I laugh because I never learned to talk like that. Right, yeah. But they're calling each other names and they're pushing on each other. And yeah, I'll see you next week. You know, it looked like they trashed each other. Yeah. And there is an aspect of guys that just like chest bunch, bump up against each other and rough each other up and call each other names. And that's something that's part of the process that goes on. Mm-hmm. But if you're if you're in the softer class of guys and you run into the hardened class of guys, that you know, you can hold your own if you're a, a middle guy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is making any sense, but but the softer guys don't know what to do with the hard guys, where the hard guys can bump up against each other and they're just like testing each other or something. So he says, the guys I ran into were mean, they're cruel, they're hateful and hurtful, but the girls were kind mm-hmm. and they were nice and they were friendly And he said, if I could get a girl to smile and laugh, and I thought, man, she's enjoying me. Yeah. Man, that's everything. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, let's let's step outside of this story for just a second and actually kind of paint that picture um, as normal – Overall, in other words, I don't want anybody to hear this and say, man, that was kind of strange that he he went there. And it's like, no, first of all, if anybody's, you know, 13, 14 years old and somebody like if any guy is that age and a girl smiles at him, it is it is natural. (laughs) It's God built in that there should be a sense of like, (gasps) (laughs) you know, you see, you know, now you think I'm normal. I think it's accentuated in a story like this guy where he has he has such a right. hard time with connecting with boys right that then it's like he's probably over magnifying that response now that he's getting from a girl where it's like well that's everything now and i need to make my whole life revolve around you know her smile does that make sense yeah and so and i think it's too much i think yeah. one thing that's probably important for all of us is we're thinking about our own emotional maps and looking back on how our our emotional systems were developed is is maybe being able to look at those places where because we were stunted in one area we exaggerated in another area that's right yeah and so this guy he was stunted in being able to form right. friendships with other guys so man he exaggerated in trying to get the attention of girls and making that kind of his Complete focus. You know, and we, we're sexual beings. Yeah. And we're biological. And we like attention. And we like laughter. We like to be enjoyed. We still like that today. Yeah, you don't you know? outgrow that. You no, know? that's a great, that's great stuff. Yeah. But 
You have to remember, no emotions at home. Nobody cared about you. Nobody drew you in. Nobody wanted to talk to you. Nobody cared about what you thought. So you think, well, okay, I'll just go it alone. So he says, I've never been connected to other guys. It was too difficult. So you think about this. You're a guy and you don't connect with other guys. You don't have buddies or running friends and guys. You go, hey, let's go. Let's go down to the creek. You know, let's go. Let's walk downtown. You know, let's let's do something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go walk in the woods or let's get our bikes and take, you know, a buddy, friends, a little gang of guys. No, no. I got no good connecting skills. My words are a struggle. My emotions are a struggle. And you know what? As I reflect back as an adult, that really hasn't changed even in adulthood. Mm-hmm. It got set up in childhood. Yeah. And I still am not good at these very skills that I need. Which is which is why I think, you know, we get a lot of guys that then when they come to the workshop, take this guy. So, you know, loner became such an identifying mm-hmm. term, a role for him. Well, that became, if I could put it this way, kind of a comfortable position to be in, right? Even if it was, and when I say comfortable, maybe the better word is that became the familiar position for him to be in. I'm not saying it's always comfortable, but it's kind of like, hey, that's what I know. That's kind of where I feel, quote unquote, safe. Yep. And so what ends up happening is you're exactly right. When that pattern gets established when you're young, if there's not anything intentionally done to try to alter that pattern, it's only going to grow and get over time, larger even. over time. Yeah, yeah. So it's like if you were a little bit of a loner in high school, when you're 50, you're a massive loner, you know. That's right. And, if you didn't work on it, if you didn't change anything, that's yeah. exactly right. You still believe the same fears you had as a child, right? You haven't broken into new territory. So he says, I never developed deep personal relationships with other men. Because remember, you run with guys a lot in youth, but you're not close to anyone. You're always the loner. And so, so what do you think? It's just what you said. The pattern continues over time. You, you practice hiding better. Loners stand back. They hide. They're in the background. They disconnect loners, but they need a way to connect. And remember what he told us earlier. He said, growing up, I needed a way to fit in. And being connected at church and being recognized by females was all I needed. And I knew, that meant I was okay. Mm-hmm. If people at church liked me, now I'm bringing on my religious side, but I'm still a loner, really. But I'm selling my religiosity, but I still have this growing thing of being attracted to females, enjoying females, and liking a smile and liking a smell and liking getting close and stealing a look. Mm-hmm. So what do we do, Steve? <laughs> this is where you say something else. <laughs> well, I'm ready to, I'm ready to help this guy. You know, we got to, and I think some of our audience is probably like, yeah, what do I, I'm starting to see some of these patterns in my own history. How do we, you know, I think I think everybody's looking for a sense of like, does this guy have a friend now? Like, how does how do you break that loner role? How do you begin to? So to is this the time shift, left right here? Okay. Shift. So so I'm closed. I'm not developed well. 
I'm very religious and I've become hypersexual, if I could use that, oversexual. I'm not happy. I'm very religious. I told myself I don't need emotions or friendships. I live alone. Everybody at church loves me. And I still have sexual fantasy thoughts about females that control me. Hey, you're the guy that does the intensive weekends. Why are you asking me to answer this? This is a softball so me, I'm throwing your way. So so let me actually uh, point something out that I think is that, that gets overlooked a lot of times when people are trying to figure out how to how to how to change something that they start to realize is broken in their emotional system or whatever is that list that you just wrote down of all of these self-aware thoughts hey i'm closed i you know my whole self has never been completely developed i'm unhappy without that is huge in terms of a first and enormous step towards actually changing those patterns because what did we say earlier when those patterns are being developed in childhood you don't have the same uh ability to articulate them or to be able to recognize them when you are establishing them. Hmm. This guy being able to take the time to come to a weekend workshop, to, to sit with a counselor, to be able to have questions asked of him that draws him out to where now he can start to put language to those things that are part of that pattern. Mm -hmm. That's like, you know, that's 90%. That's it. Of the shift. And go to a men's group. Identify it. Right? Find some church men that are going to be honest, not image. Because now what happens when this guy guy steps into, let's say, a men's Bible study, and he recognizes, I am drifting towards the wall. Yeah. It's like, he's, wait a second. I'm not identified by being a loner anymore. Mm. I I am a beloved child of God. Amen. I can step in. I can have a conversation. I can take some risks. I can share some of my story. And I'm going to talk to one man and ask some deep connect. questions. Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. And so just by just by sort of diagnosing this and putting language to it, he's now already better equipped when he's put in these situations where he wants to default back to, I want to be alone or I want to be disconnected. Um, so I think that's part of why we call it emotional mapping because mm-hmm. learn yourself and what are the key pieces if you identify as a loner, that's going to be a problem. If you get over-sexualized, that's going to be a problem. If you become over-church-imaged, that's going to be a problem. If you don't connect to anybody, that's going to be a problem, right? And if you can see that this all started early, and I know it's my weaknesses, then we, we get on our knees and we cry out, Abba, help us. This is a mess. This isn't working. And we learn some better spiritual truths. Well, this has been good, and and listeners, I hope this has helped you to even kind of think about your own history, your own uh, emotional map, and um, and we'd love to be able to help you take maybe some next steps on that journey. So please reach out to us, and uh, we'd love to help you. And we're glad you've been with us, and we look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio program. God bless. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.